You are listening to the Evolve Your Intimacy podcast with Dr. Stephanie, where it is my goal to educate, enlighten, and evolve your intimacy. You can find me at evolveyourintimacy.com to learn more about counseling, self-study courses, sex, and the retreats that we have to offer. This show contains discussions about relationships, intimacy, and sex, and is meant for those who are 18 years and older. Now sit back, relax, listen up, and get ready to evolve your intimacy. Do you have craptastic boundaries? Do you feel like no matter what you do, people always walk all over you and you just can't get ahead because you were never taught these boundaries? Well, today we're going to be talking to somebody that has written a book about how to really work on those boundaries and how to solidify them and how to use them to your advantage. But first, let's hear from our sponsors. Are you interested in learning more about the topics that we discuss on the show? Head over to ASN Lifestyle Magazine, where you can read all the articles that I publish about relationships, intimacy, and sex. When it comes to the lifestyle and the adult industry magazines, look no further than ASN Lifestyle Magazine. They are the natural go-to for everything lifestyle and adult content. Get your free digital issue today at asnlifestylemagazine.com. And if you have any questions, don't ever hesitate to ask Stephanie. You are listening to the Evolve Your Intimacy podcast, and I'm Dr. Stephanie. Now, let's get back to the show. Today on the Evolve Your Intimacy podcast, we are going to be talking to a very interesting young lady. I'm just going to read her bio here. Heather has lived an atypical life. She's hitchhiked across the country, traveled and worked in a carnival for a season, roamed New York City with street people, explored and taught alternative lifestyles and so much more. All of her experiences thus far have led her to to the belief that boundaries are the key to not only saving ourselves, but our relationships. She's a big fan of amazing people who enjoy love, sex, romance, and happy and functional lives, whatever that might look like from human to human which is why she's thrilled to share her experiences and knowledge of boundaries with all of us today. Heather, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Let's just kind of talk really quickly about this atypical life that you've had. How did it all just, your creativity, were you just born with it? Were you born with that wanderlust? So, yes. And um, my mother was adopted and she was a creative artist type adopted into a very type A household. So I think that like she just poured all of her like creativity and frustration with like systems into the, into me (laughs) that happened. We have you on today because we're talking about your new book, Take No Shit, Build Better Relationships Through Discovering, Creating and Maintaining Healthy Boundaries in Three, Sometimes Five Simple Steps. Let's talk about this. It came out September 20th. Yay. Super excited. The, so the digital copy is out. Um, I am in process of recording the audiobook and getting the final print version done. And the print version, it's a big thing. Like the, the digital book has lots of illustrations. The print version has even more illustrations and interactivity, which I know sounds strange for a print book, 
So I'm I'm super excited. QR codes all the way. <laughs> yes, I love that. I love that. So kind of also, you, you have this very eclectic, very free spirit. And you. I, I, I was reading about you and you said that you're not a therapist. You don't claim to be a therapist, um, but you are an educator and a coach. And so what kind of got you down this pathway? What started your journey? Well, I didn't mean to get here exactly. Um, and I think a lot of people can say that, right? Well, I, I was not going that direction. <laughs> I got married when I was 23 and I um, stayed married for about 11 years. I was with my ex-husband for 15 years. And um, during that time, there were some mental health issues on his part and some alcoholism on his part. And unfortunately, it ended up with a lot of uh, emotional abuse on his part. It took me longer than it should have to leave, like way longer than it should have. And I even went back once. Yeah. So, you know, I took that road. And once I stepped out that final time, uh, I spent about a year just digging down into what did I do? Not that I was blaming myself, but how did I get there? <laughs> like, how can I not get there ever again? So that's, I spent a year doing that. And then the next year I went on 127 first dates and I started really like during those two years, digging into love, sex and romance and what makes people do them. Um, I ended up joining the pickup artist community and kind of like watching from the sidelines there, learning about like how they do the things. As I pursued, you know, various projects in my work life, I kind of started some writing and journaling my adventures through relationships and people kept wanting to ask me questions and talk to me about things. And I realized that the way my brain works, I'm neurospicy, is different than the way a lot of other people's brains work. And so when I started looking at, you know, how we're socialized, and I'm like, well, that's, that's dumb. <laughs> and so boundaries were kind of like the first, the foundation of everything that I created to make me the me I am now. And so last year, I um, I got a genetic test that gave me some bad news. So I ended up going through several surgeries. Um, and preparing for those surgeries, last year, my birthday, I turned 49. And I took the month off. And I said, I want to do a passion project. And I dickered around for a couple of days. And then I just decided, I'm going to write my boundaries book in front of a live audience. So I created like a forum. I started posting the chapters. I invited people to give me feedback. I wrote 83 chapters. And then I stopped and I said, this is too much. <laughs> then I went back and I made it useful. So how did it work out with the live audience? Like, did they, were they interactive? Like, were they getting good feedback? I spent probably a little over a hundred days writing a chapter part of a chapter or two chapters, depending on the length, um, every weekday. I also recorded it in audio as I was like 
posting it up, like not good audio, you know, with all the flubs and everything like that. And I'd say, Ooh, hold on for just a second. I got to change that so that people could read it or listen to it. And I got a lot of feedback and I got a lot of questions and I did interviews with people about their boundaries, asking them, you know, what challenges they had had so I could make sure and try to, you know, incorporate things like that in the book since my own boundaries journey was, you know, a decade more in the past. And, you know, like, so getting all that together and it was really amazing. I mean, the book has my name on the cover and the name of the person, Heather Shannon, who wrote the foreword, but really it's, a crowdsourced effort. Like there's a lot of information in there from, you know, the people around me. So let's, let's talk about what are boundaries? Let's just jump right in. Yeah. Okay. So I define uh, boundaries as um, the expression of personal power. So a lot of people sort of say that boundaries are what I don't want, right? Like no, no is a boundary. And I agree, uh, no is definitely a boundary, but it's not the only boundary. Um, so boundaries to me are the expression of personal power. They are what, they, they're the delineation between these are the things I don't want or I want less of, and these are the things I want to prioritize or I want more of. So that we are putting our power and our resources where it's best utilized for our lives. I often, I, I, because everybody, you know, being part of the alternative lifestyle and the community, people are like, so, you know, what's the difference between boundaries, agreements, rules? And I always, in my very broad general thing is a boundary is designed to keep the person mentally, physically, emotionally safe. Me, my person. An agreement is something that me and my partners agree on based off of our boundaries and we have an agreement and a rule is a take it or leave it hard, hard nose. And so, yes, the boundaries keep me, the person whole. Is that, is that the same the way that you're describing it as well? I, I would, yeah. Yeah. I would definitely agree with that. Boundaries to me um, are only about me. They are only about what I will accept, what I will not accept, how I will react to something, um, and so on. Agreements, I absolutely, I'm with you on that one. What I like to say is, ideally, uh, people in relationships are as autonomous as possible. I think it was Esther Perel in Mating in Captivity that said that if we become too enmeshed, that kills the passion. Right, because we we can't be passionate about ourselves. There's nothing passionate about you know a little, you know it's it's not exciting. We know what's coming, so autonomy. And then I talk about creating relationships in the sweet spot. So like negotiations, right? But the sweet spot is the Venn diagram. You know, this is the circle of what I want. This is the circle of what you want. Where we overlap. It's the only place for me that a successful relationship should reside. A relationship, like life has enough crap that we don't want to do, right? Laundry, dishes, bills, you know, that sort of thing. Those are not part of the relationship. 
right? Those are life. You either do those with a partner or you do them without a partner, right? Like that's not part of the relationship. So I I like to say that if you have good boundaries and you and your partner practice good boundaries, then you can build your entire relationship in the sweet spot. Your relationship is built of things that you absolutely enthusiastically want to do together. And the things that we do not want or do not want to do together, we can do with other people, right? And to me, that is like the most exciting part of a relationship is the idea that we're both radically individual humans who choose, magically choose somehow to spend a lot or a little time together doing things that fill us up with joy. I love that. And so you talk about six types of boundaries. Let's dig in with that. Okay. Six types of boundaries. So emotional boundaries, intellectual boundaries, material boundaries, time boundaries, sexual boundaries, and what have I already said? Emotional, intellectual, physical boundaries. (laughs) Somebody says something, right? That makes you uncomfortable. Maybe like somebody that you don't know or somebody at work calls you like babe or muffin and you kind of nervously laugh it off. That is an emotional boundary, right? That is, that's how you feel, right? You share an idea with someone and a week later at your, you know, local meeting, um, you find out that your boss is presenting your idea as their own. And you think, you know what? So-and-so has a big mouth. I probably should have been more clear and I probably should have, you know, recorded what I was talking about a little bit more effectively. That's an intellectual boundary. Somebody is taking your idea. Um, Or somebody is trying to implant an idea upon you or a belief system or you're out on a date and you're on the dance floor and you're, you know, having a great time. And suddenly, you know, your date pulls you close and reaches around for a little butt squeeze and you kind of freeze and they keep dancing and then the song ends and they let go and everything seems hunky dory with them, but you have just encountered a sexual boundary, right? You were not ready for that. You, they didn't have permission for that and you didn't know what to do. Material boundaries, stuff, money, things. Loan money to a friend. They don't pay it back. They ask you for another fiver. (laughs) You're heading up against those material boundaries, right? Like, what do you do? How do you maintain your stuff? You, no, me. Actually, I'm going to use an, an example from my life. I am an early bird. I like to get to bed between 9 and 10 p.m., Even if I don't go to sleep, I just like to be in bed between 9 and 10 p.m. um, on what I call school nights, you know, nights where I have work in the morning, usually all the time. Every once in a while, I'll stay up for like something special. But when people try to push me to do something late on one of those nights, 
they're bumping up against one of my time boundaries. Time boundaries are, you know, the the time that you need to um, make work happen, the time that you need to maintain your life, the time that you need to sleep, and so on and so forth. And then, of course, the time that you prioritize with people you care about. And then the last one is physical boundaries. You know, I think a lot of us had a, a great deal of experience with physical boundaries during COVID as we were opening up. Do we shake hands? Do we fist bump? Do we elbow? You know, I'm a hugger. So as we were opening up from, from COVID, you know, it was like, okay, what are we able to do here? And so, you know, I've all, I, I often say, you know, are you a hugger? And I let them come in. And, you know, sometimes they'll say, no, fist bump. And I'm like, okay. You know, it's, so that's a physical boundary, right? Our personal space. Can the boundaries, in your opinion, be positive? We are having such a great conversation with our guests today, but we have to take a really quick commercial break. But during this commercial break, it would be a great time for you to like, subscribe, or follow us on all of our social media accounts. By doing this, you get exclusive insider access to specials on merchandise and sexy equipment. Oh, you know, you'll get a glimpse of Dr. Stephanie rocking their fun outfits. So what are you waiting for? So subscribe, like, or follow to Evolve Your Intimacy on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok today. I will see you online. Has your soggy pickle left you disappointed during times of intimacy? Do you need help keeping your pickle hard? I've partnered with a company that understands the unique needs of those in the lifestyle and the shame and disappointment that accompanies a soggy pickle. So the next time you have the opportunity to toss a salad, make sure you have a rock hard pickle. Choose your treatment today by going to shamelesscare.com. You can sign up for a subscription service or get a one-time order. Make sure that you use code EYI at checkout and get your $30 off your first order. In fact, I think that boundaries, the best boundaries, the healthiest boundaries are going to be a mix of um, both what I would call positive and negative statements. So somebody said to me the other day, uh, she said, I want a relationship where I have more joy than I have crappy days. That to me is a boundary, right? Like I require uh, a relationship that brings me more joy than it brings me crap. It's not a very good boundary because it's not very specific. Like I was, I said to her, I said, so 51% joy versus 49% crap? Or, you know, I mean, are we looking at like 75%, 25%, 99% versus 100%? I'm like, and I told her, I said, you know, in my relationship, if we literally have crap that we're throwing at each other more than once every 100 days or so, I'm going to be concerned. Like that is, well, you know, like arguments, fussing at each other. You know, I mean, it's it's one thing to say, like there will be times when, you know, and I'm sure everybody has had one of those days where you're just like, honey, I love you. Today is not the day. That's healthy when the other person looks at you and slowly backs away and starts throwing your like favorite snacks at you and, you know, asking you if they can, you know, get you like some slippers or hot chocolate or whatever. The, you know, but when the two of you start doing the cranky yelly thing, 
which I understand for some people seems normal, right? Like they do that regularly. For me, in my relationship, if my partner and I yelled at each other more than two or three times a year, I would start really strongly reconsidering my relationship. That's too much. Like yelling at each other is unnecessary if you have healthy boundaries and good communication. But we're not taught that. We're not taught. They don't, they don't teach that in school. No, that's exactly what I mean. Like we're not taught that. And that's, that's why I started with Take No Shit. And that's why the next book that I already have planned and I've started outlining is um, Actions Speak Louder Than Words or Do They? How We Kill Our Relationships with Too Much Talking. You know, the idea that we are not taught to advocate for ourselves and set boundaries, and we are not taught effective modes of communication. When it comes to boundaries, in fact, we're often taught the opposite. People who love us, our parents have told us, all of us have heard this at at something similar, Um, don't talk so much. Don't show off. Um, Be nicer. You know, get along with people. (laughs) All of those things are like sandpaper to our authentic personalities. And we get whittled down into like this nothing with almost no boundaries. And when we try to like enforce a boundary, we're told that we're being bad or we're doing it wrong or that people won't love us or, and then we get into relationships. And as soon as we enforce a boundary and, you know, the person that we're all starry eyed over gets upset with us, we're screwed. Yeah. Then, then we start that rejection sensitivity. Are they rejecting me because I set a boundary and they said no, or all of that fun mental Sometimes abuse that happens and it's not intentional. I don't believe that not everybody intentionally, mentally and physically, or excuse me, not physically, emotionally abuse people, but it's just, we're not taught how to have those communication effectively. We're not taught how to set our boundaries. And so when we do set our boundaries and people kind of squash them, that's an abusive technique. Interesting. Um, So I have this like, (laughs) Remember, I wrote 83 chapters. And one of those chapters that got put on the cutting room floor, but is part of like videos and discussions and stuff that, you know, I'll be posting like, you know, the lost archives or whatever, was about gaslighting, manipulation and scunnery of the worst sorts. And because I feel that manipulation and gaslighting are very um, adjacent to boundaries and boundary pushing. And when I started digging into that research, because, you know, I know my thoughts and then I like ask people their thoughts and then I go in and I start researching something that I found really resonated with me. And that is the idea that except for institutional manipulation. And so that would be things like we are taught to believe that somebody is this way. And so we tell them, that they are that way, or we act like they are that way in order to change their behavior. All manipulation is intentional. It is not all conscious or malicious, right? So when we start, you know, crying those big crocodile tears, when somebody yells at us, 
we know what we're hoping to get out of the situation way back here, right? We're not necessarily intending to manipulate them consciously, but we're intending to get what we want and we're going to do what we have to do in order to survive and thrive. And that was something that really in some ways like flipped a couple of scripts in my mind. You know, one of the one of the troubleshooting chapters that I talk about is it's titled um Would You Kick a Puppy? A very great title. So here let's let's go through this. Would you kick a puppy? Not intentionally, but I have kicked one. Well, exactly. So like anybody who's had a puppy knows that you're going to accidentally kick it once in a while because it's going to get under your feet. You know, you might even accidentally kick it down the stairs because it gets right there. And But you don't intentionally kick puppies, right? Why don't you intentionally kick a puppy? Because it's wrong and you don't want to, right? Because it is wrong, you don't want to. Okay. We are on the right path. You are definitely my kind of people. So if it's wrong and because it's wrong, we don't want to do it, we don't do it, why then do we lash out to hurt our partners with mean words? We want them somewhere in our skulls to hurt with us. And when you stop and you think about that, And you think, am I really the kind of person who wants to hurt the person I love? Then you either have an epiphany or you're like, yeah, yeah, I am. And you can just go on your merry way, right? (laughs) But there's lots of people who are like that. Yes, if I'm not happy, I'm going to hurt you and make you miserable as well. Because if if you're not making me happy, which is a flawed design as well. It's not my place to make you happy. It's my place to, to live my life. And if my behavior fits into your happiness, great. But it's not my job to make you happy. I'm not responsible for your feelings. And that's a mind-blowing thing. I agree that I am not responsible for someone's feelings. I also believe, and this is for me, right? This is one of my boundaries. I also believe that it is wrong and mean-spirited to want to harm someone I love. And I don't want to. Like, I will literally bend over backwards, go out of my way to say, okay, I can't figure out how to say this in a way that probably won't hurt. And I'm really sorry about this. I hope you'll bear with me. I got this to say, right? And then I'll say it because I don't want to hurt them. Why would we want to hurt somebody that we love? I mean, like, obviously we've already talked about why. I just don't see the point if I, if I love somebody and I want to be with them, I think hurting them is the antithesis of the right behavior. So that's a boundary for me is the idea that if somebody actively works to hurt me in our conversations, that's a, you know what? I have had an amazing time with you. Thank you so much for all the time that we spent together. Sayonara. But we're taught as a society, and especially as women, we're supposed to accept that because that's how we're supposed to be treated. And that script and that narrative that we've been fed allow, or I shouldn't say allows, it puts, I feel like speaking for myself, it puts women in situations where we are easily manipulated because 
we're supposed to do that. We're supposed to be this way. And then when we set boundaries and we stand up for ourselves, now we're bitch. Oh, you're just a bitch. Damned if you do, damned if you don't type thing. But I would much rather be damned if I did because I am tired of people running over me. I think you, you've just you've just brought up two things. First of all, the, the thing that popped into my mind is, have you seen Barbie? I have not yet. My daughter and I are waiting. We're going to go see it now. Okay. Yeah. So my partner and I went to see it. And he actually wanted to go back and see it a second time. The monologue from America Ferreira is brilliant and touches exactly on what you just said. The second thing is you said, damned if you do, damned if you don't. This to me is also part of the brainwashing. It is the false dichotomy we are, we are presented with. It is, you are either this or this. And the reason that the monologue hits so hard is because it pokes all of those dichotomies and all of the things that we've been taught and all of the ways we've been treated. There is a better way though. Like I don't have to be a bitch. I don't have to be nasty to somebody and... I don't have to take their shit. I can just compassionately say, thank you so much. I think you're a wonderful person in so many ways. We're not a fit, right? And maintain that without all of that other stuff that, again, we have been socialized and conditioned that if we don't yell or scream or cry or whatever. We are not in love enough. We are not passionate enough. We don't care enough. And then on the other side, if we don't caretake, if we don't fix them, if we don't help them work through their obvious anger issues, you know, we don't love enough. We don't care enough, whatever. Like to me, I care about you enough to not bring all that drama. And it doesn't matter we could be presenting ourselves in the most compassionate, the most understanding, empathetic way. And someone can still turn around and be like, wow, you're just a bitch. Okay. Well, you know what? I can't help that. I presented you with my best and you read it this way. And if that's your perspective, well, you you probably need some therapy, but (laughs) (laughs) and that's when I, you know, that's, that's absolutely the truth. You know, it's one of those things that, um, I tell people, you know, when you're out dating, they're like, oh, well, how do I know, you know, who's going to honor my boundaries or whatever? And I've, I, I've got this technique. It's start with no. Tell them no. Disagree with them. All of them, whatever gender that you're engaging with, right? Push back. Set boundaries early. Because one of the things I learned up in the pickup artist community back in the 2000 aughts was they test They test for malleability. They test for victimhood. And those tests require that you have craptaculous boundaries. And if you push back, they will either slowly fade away, thank you, baby Jesus, or they will get angry and push. And that's where, you know, that's where a lot of women on social media or dating sites 
somebody will, you know, climb in their DMs or send them a message that makes them feel ick and they won't even respond because they don't want to deal with the, well, you know, F you, you see you next Tuesday, right? Like I, I you know, I, for me, I respond, I'll, I'll, I'll literally write back and say, has that ever actually really worked for you? I, I wish you the best. And I suggest you don't use that line again. <laughs> like it's just, that's, that's bad. Really bad. Yeah. Yeah. I've, uh, I've, cause I get some messages. I get some messages in my inboxes and I don't really respond to a lot of them because there's just so many and it's the equivalent of a dick pic. I just open it up and there it is. And there's been times where I'll read it and I'm just like, really, really, that's, that's what you want to do. That's how you want. And I'll respond that way. I'm like, oh man, you know, that is the most classless, terrible thing you can say to anybody, especially a female, but just anybody, you know, and it's just, I'm not trying to shame you, but come on, elevate our standards a little bit here, buddy. I figure I'm going to say what I say. And if they feel shamed, then it's because they know, you know, they know that they shouldn't be saying things like that. You know, they, I, I sometimes post the messages that I get on social media. I don't, you know, I anonymize them and whatever, but then, you know, some people will come up after me, especially people of the same gender that sent me the message and be like, you know, why are you shaming people publicly? I'm like, First of all, it's anonymized. And if you recognize this as something shameful, then you also know it's bad, right? Like, you know that I should never have gotten this message to begin with. And you're blaming me for getting the message and sharing it versus the person who originally sent it. Like, that's on you, buddy. I think maybe you're identifying a little too closely with this human. There's also, I'm going to circle back to something you had kind of hit on a little bit earlier. You know, boundaries aren't meant to make us lovable to others. Boundaries are meant to make us lovable to ourselves. And then some people are like, well, if you set these boundaries, you're never going to find anybody. If you do this, you're never going to find a person because you have unrealistic expectations. Boundaries, they to me, and I would love to hear your opinion on this, they make you more attractive, more lovable, because you're loving yourself more. What are your thoughts on that? So, interestingly enough, um, the original title for my book was not Take No Shit. It was Boundaries Are Sexy AF. <laughs> Let's just remind everyone that this is Evolve Your Intimacy, and I am Dr. Stephanie from Evolve Your Intimacy. We are having an amazing discussion, but we need to take a quick break, so stay right there, and we'll be right back. Attention all you lovebirds. Are you ready to take your relationship to the next level? At Evolve Your Intimacy, we believe that relationships and intimacy require intentional actions each day, and attending our coaching sessions does not mean your relationship is headed for divorce quite the opposite. Our experienced coaches are here to guide you on your journey of growth and connection. Whether you're exploring ethical non-monogamy or simply seeking to deepen your bond, our experts can help you custom design your own relationship oasis. Don't wait another moment. Schedule your free consultation today by visiting EvolveYourIntimacy.com. 
You are listening to the Evolve Your Intimacy podcast, and I'm Dr. Stephanie. Now, let's get back to the show. The basic premise from my perspective is that boundaries are what give you, they, they, they're what conserve your personal power and energy, right? And keep undesirable energy out. So you're not wasting your energy on people, events, or things that are un, unimportant and unworthy. Um, and you have enough time to really focus in on the things that are important to you, the people that are important to you, the activities that are important to you. So boundaries to me are about creating your most authentic life, your most joyous life, and they um, provide a shit shield uh, from, you know, all of the, the crap that people throw at you. But let's, I've got, a, I've got a list of questions. And every single one of these, every single one of these to me is a boundary issue. Okay, so do you, are you able to say, I know why I do what I do and I'm happy with my decisions. My happiness and well-being is not only a priority, but a daily reality. Do you help others only when you're able and when it feels good to you? Do you trust yourself and therefore know when to trust others? Are you compassionate and empathetic towards others while also being assertive and firm when needed? Are you able to accept feedback and criticism without taking it personally? Are you deeply and authentically yourself in and out of your relationships? And can you say no easily because that means saving your energy for things and people that really matter? Now, however many of those, if you could say yes to all of them, you've got pretty good boundaries, right? If a lot of people can say yes to almost none of them. And think about what it would mean to have a friend who knows why they do what they do and takes full responsibility for their actions, even when they screw up. Right? Who, when you say you have harmed me, doesn't immediately go into defense or attack mode. Somebody who, when they say yes to spending time with you, you know they mean it and they're doing it because they love having you in their life. Right? This is, this is the person that boundaries creates. Now, yeah, you might be a little wackadoo. I like Weird Al Yankovic, right? Like, I just, <laughs> there's a, I have, I have a, at the gym the other day, they were like, hey, somebody put on some music. And my partner goes, nope, not you. Cause, you know, when you, when you have a mix of, you know, violent femmes and Weird Al and the monkeys and Michael Buble and, you know, Leapy Lee from the 1960s. Maybe you keep that to yourself. Um, <laughs> but for the people that are close to me, it becomes a source of, you know, that kind of joy annoyance. Like, yeah, 
it's weird driving long distance in a car with her. You never know what's going to happen. Last time it was Jesus Christ superstar right before ACDC. You know? <laughs> so that authenticity that people are like, you know, keep that to yourself. That becomes a part of what makes you lovable to the people who can love you. Right? If they can't love you, it doesn't matter whether you fake it or not, right? Because they're not going to love you. We want to be loved for who we are. And that's the key. Yeah. Yeah, we do. We do want to be loved for who we are. And our, all of our quirkiness and all of our greatness that, that makes us us. So switching gears a little bit, you know, let's, how do boundaries um, I guess portray or manifest like in the kink world or do boundaries, you know, for you? How are they different? So kink, kink, um, one of the great things about kink, one of the things that kink people really get right, because one of, so something I think is really important for me to sort of say is sort of like a precursor. Kinky people are normal people with a kink, sometimes with multiple kinks. But that guy you golf with on Saturday mornings, he might be kinky. You don't know. They're just, it's it's funny how crazy people get about going to like their first kink event until they go and then they're like, oh, everyone's just like me. Yeah, you know, we don't all look like, you know, models and, you know, dominatrices from CSI and so on and so forth. We're just humans, right? So one of the things that the kink community, the alternative lifestyle itself gets right in a way that a lot of other communities or lack thereof don't do at all is the idea of negotiating relationships and experiences, right? So when going into a relationship with somebody, most people just sort of like wing it. Kink, you know, they'll often go in and say, okay, we're going to do this scene this evening, right? Which is a usually a kinky event between two or more people for a specified period of time, right? It could be a spanking scene. It could be a rope scene. It could be a flogging scene, whatever it is. And within this boundary of time and space, these are the things I'm willing to put in. And these things that you mentioned, I am going to take out because that will not work for me, right? That is boundaries at work. This is what I'm willing to do. This is what I'm not willing to do. And I talk about that a bit in the book. I talk about, you know, how uh, the kink world uses safe words and how it might be nice to actually put together some safe words for when you get into, um, you know, those arguments where they don't seem to go anywhere and both of you just keep talking louder and louder over each other, right? Like a safe word for that to like stop you so neither one of you has to go, you know what? You're being an asshole. You know, you just throw out the safe word. You both stop. You take some time to go calm down, whatever. 
negotiating your relationship, negotiating your play. Kinky people, when they talk about, you know, sexy times, talk about most often, you know, how do you protect yourself? Have you been tested recently? What do you like? What do you absolutely want to avoid? What words do you like to hear in bed? What words should I avoid? You know, like these are the types of things that I personally believe should come out of the kinky world and into the everyday world. Because frankly, I believe that if we're not yet willing to negotiate and talk about the kinds of sex we want to have with the people we want to have them with, we are not ready to have sex. Yes. There's so much that could be, ah, this is going to, if vanilla, if vanilla people, humans were a tad bit kinky, a little thrown some spice or, you know, used the communication skills of someone in an alternative style relationship, an ethically non-monogamous relationship, I think the world would be such a better place because we talk, we communicate. Um, even like my couples, my my high conflict couples that I work with, you know, you're talking about a safe word. Well, we just, we call it a timeout. And the thing about timeouts is we just say, hey, you know what? I'm, emo- I'm emotionally flooded. My ears aren't working because when you get emotionally flooded, your ears turn off. And so then you, you call a timeout. Hey, timeout. It's, um, it is 150 right now. So I'm going to do 10, 20 minutes. And then you come back. The point of a timeout is you come back because if someone has abandonment issues and you say, I'm going to come back in 10 minutes and then you don't come back at all, that just plays into the, it builds and it festers. So um, it's always very important to give a time. I'm going to come back at 222. And if we're still not ready to talk, we'll, we'll I'm going to ask for more time, but at 10 or 222, I'm coming back to you. And so that's the kind of healthy boundaries and communications that can be set in relationships that really minimize that high conflict. I, I absolutely agree. I think I think it's also important that to understand um, for anybody out there, like I don't think that kinky people or non-monogamous, ethically non-monogamous people um, are more evolved or anything like that. They get this one thing right, and they often get it right only in regards to scenes or into dynamics, but they don't necessarily have better boundaries than anyone else in anything else. Like, So I think that that's really important to say. And I also believe that because I have been in and taught in um, these alternative lifestyles for as long as I have, that when I write this book and I talk about boundaries, I'm able to come at it from a lot of different perspectives, including the perspective of if you don't want to have sex at all, let's talk about like how to speak about those boundaries, right? Like, so I think that even you know, even kinky people, and and I'm sure like you have seen this a lot, like you go online to, you know, a non-monogamy or let's, let's just say a polyamory group on Facebook, right? And you can see that there are a lot of people there who are very busy 
harming other people, invalidating other people, not using their words nicely or compassionately. And these are just the people online talking to strangers, much less like in the throes of their relationships. And I've actually like said things like, you know, hey, maybe, you know, we could calm this down. We could be a little nicer to each other. And people will literally defend their right to be shitty to other people on the Internet, Um, which is also one of the reasons that in the emotional boundaries uh, chapter of my book, I have a section, a part specifically focused on emotions on social media, because we need to be able to put boundaries around that as well. Oh, man, that is such a a very strong statement. Yeah. Okay. I mean, let let me be clear. I'm one of those people who will sometimes like dive in head first just to be a part of the online fracas. When I'm in the mood and it's a particularly boneheaded statement, for example, like I actually, I actually started a group on Facebook. I ended up having surgery, so I, I abandoned it for a little while. I'll go back to it here soon. I started a group on Facebook um, that was about correcting the crap relationship advice that people put out on Facebook. <laughs> like I would literally screenshot it and then say, no, please don't do this. <laughs> Oh, I know. Yeah. Some of the things that, that I see out there, I'm like, oh, and how's that working for you? Not the best, is it? I mean, I am not by any means. I am, I am a relationship expert for everybody else's relationship. For my own, I, you know, work in progress. Um, but I can tell everybody how to have a great, happy relationship. It's just me doing it myself. It's just, you know, I'm a slow learner is what I like to tell everybody. So I'll catch up with myself. You would think that I would have gotten this the first or even the eighth time around, but no, it took nine. Oh, I I was going to say, I would say that, um, I, I, at this point in my life, if you would ask me five years ago, I would have said, I am a hot mess you know, just really, really struggling to, you know, get this right. And I really, really want to make it work. Now um, we've hit the 10 year mark and still super in love, still super passionate about each other. And I feel like we have unlocked the secret together because we both want that same thing, right? Like neither one of us wants to harm the other. We've all been, we've, we've both been through enough shit in our lives to like not want to go down that road again. Um, but yeah, there's, it takes a long time and those ingrained habits, the socialization and stuff that we have been, you know, that's been wood burned into our system is hard to leave behind. It is. It is. No matter how hard you try, and I and I offer this as hope to others. No matter how hard you try, and no matter how well you think you're doing, you're going to mess up, and that's okay. You just have to own it, and you have to say, you know what? Yeah, I I did that. That was probably not my best decision or my best representation of myself. Allow me to allow me to make it better. But owning it, don't try to hide it. I so many. Okay, so I work in, I work with, um, I'm an infidelity recovery specialist. And so when I get one infidelity case, they come in fives for me. So I can go six or seven months without having an infidelity. And then I get one and, and, and then four more come right back to back. So I'm in this season of my five. But I 
And, you know, they, they, they make these same mistakes. And, and I tell them, you know, it's, it's okay to make the mistakes, but you have to own up to it and say, I did that. And there's so many times when people that come in and it's that disclosure time and we have the big disclosure D day is what we call it. And they have to share everything. They give these little half truths because they don't want, if they, if they give the full truth, then that's going to hurt their partner. But what you don't understand is even the little half truths that hurts much worse. And so just being able to own your shit, own it, you did it, let's own it and we can move forward. But um, I think that those are some, some, some boundaries that we're not taught is to own our shit. And so I love that you, Jumping into that and saying, this is a, this is my platform. This is what I want the world to know. And you've just embraced it. And I love that. Yeah. And I think it's, I, I think I'll be really clear. Like when I say, I think my partner and I have got this relationship, that's what I mean. I don't mean that we never, you know, foobar. I mean that when we do, we recover and we engage and we validate and we communicate through it so that it ends up becoming a poof, not a Boom. Yes, yes, yes. My last the the book that I just finished or just wrote is called The Anti-Fight Journal: How to Fight Fair in Relationships. That is exactly what we we just don't fight. We fight fair, but if we schedule these fights and have them in a constructive laid out manner, there's no big explosion. It's just little bitty fires that we're putting out and it helps so much better. So, um, yeah, definitely. I'll have to get you a copy of that. I'll send you a copy of my book. We'll do an exchangey. Um, easiest way to find me, my.curiouser.life. That's where you can find a bit about me. It's where you can find um, links to my book and how to purchase. It's where you can sign up for updates. It's where you can find my Take No Shit workshop. It's where you can find the Take No Shit daily boundaries journaling app. It's where you can find uh, one-on-one coaching with me. Everything is there, including links to social media, if that's what you're looking for as well. Yes, yes. And I'll have that posted in the show notes so you def- you can definitely find her as well. Well, is there any, what are your lasting, your last, your lasting, your last parting nuggets of knowledge for my listeners? I want to say this is, This is like a a really important part of my message. Craptaculous boundaries are not your fault. They are your responsibility to do better for yourself when you begin to learn better. So don't feel bad that you've had crappy boundaries all this time. Um, Feel good that you're now recognizing them and you can do something about it. David Earle, I include this quote in my book, the more severe the dysfunction you experienced growing up, the more difficult boundaries are for you. And I think that that is like every time I say it, like I get goosebumps. That's important. And dysfunction doesn't have to look like abuse. It can just be dysfunction. It can be just, you know, I grew up in the middle of a shit show or, you know, my mother was a child when she had me or, you know, like anything. And it's not our fault that we're socialized in a way that harms us and we can all do better. Ah, that's beautiful. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for spending your afternoon with me. This has been so much fun. I love this. This has been great. 
Yes, yes, yes. So, um, again, check out my friend Heather here. You can find all of her information in the show notes. Um, and definitely, if you want to work with her, we will get you connected. So, um, yeah. Well, I, I think this is just, let's just call this a wrap. This is a great damn show. Let's do it. Absolutely. All right. Well, I will talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you for taking time out of your busy day to listen to my show. I am Dr. Stephanie with Evolve Your Intimacy. And remember, you are not in this alone, and we are definitely here to help. You can learn more about all the amazing things that we do at EvolveYourIntimacy.com. And if you subscribe to our newsletter, you will receive free resources monthly to help you evolve your intimacy. Thank you again, and have a great night.